Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles, remain standing, turn to the book of Acts chapter 16. And go to verse 16, familiar passage to many. Let's read God's Word, New King James Version. Thank you, Minister Micah, worship team. Deeply appreciate all that you do. Are you ready? Now, what happened as we went to prayer, imagine that. They had a time of prayer. I should just stop and preach right there. You should have a time of prayer. Now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. How many days? Many days. And Paul being greatly annoyed. Annoyance can be a, an aspect of discernment, all jokes aside. Paul being greatly annoyed, now that doesn't mean because you're annoyed at your husband. Anyway, marriage class starts September 10th, right here. Paul being greatly annoyed turned and said to the Spirit, he said to who? He said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, Come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that a hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Verse 20. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men bring, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Oh, they're praying again. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keepers of the prison Awakening from sleep, seeing the prison doors were open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do not do yourself no harm, for we're all here. Verse 29, he called for a light, and he ran in, and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? Verse 31, 
And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your whole household. Let's all read that together. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. And he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized, verse 34. When he brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. And when it was day, the magistrates sent officers, saying, Let those men go. So the keepers of the prison, let those men go. Verse 36, so the keepers of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to us to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. Listen to this, verse 37. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, condemned uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now they want us to be put out secretly? No. Indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. The officers told, were told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans, verse 39. And they came and pleaded with them. I like that. Here's the magistrates pleading with the church. Pleading with them, brought them out, and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia, where they had seen the brethren and encouraged them and, de and departed. Father, thank you. For what you've done, and these verses of Scripture are so powerful, God, I ask that you would give us each and every one living understanding. We would not be the same after tonight. That you'd release faith, that you would burn it into each and every one of our hearts, from the youngest to the oldest. And we leaving this place, God, would be greatly encouraged and strengthened in our faith to go and do likewise and to live a life on fire unapologetically before you and before this world for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. You know, it's easy to, um, it's easy to smile when you don't have many problems. It's easy to have joy when you don't have much of a storm. Joy is the flag that flies from the heart that has Jesus enthroned. And the truth is, when you really are seated with Christ and you understand your, your, who you are in Him and you understand the power of God's Word and what He's doing in your life, when you're in the perfect will of God, no matter what you go through, though it might be difficult, joy God will give to you and that will be your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this text is profound to me because it's a New Testament example of overcoming in tremendous adversity. And you look through the Old Testament, you'll see many examples. There's, there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all had challenges. They all had problems. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. How many of you are going through a trial? The rest of you are liars. All right. All of us, listen, all of us are going through challenges. All of us. And, and if you're not going through currently one now, right now you're in the, you're in the, in the calm before the storm because there's coming a storm. You say, really? Yeah, that's just what happened. You go through things. 
And, and, and James talks about that. Come on, James chapter 1 and verse 2. Consider it pure joy. Woo! Consider it pure, pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, that you may be mature, lacking nothing. So the Old Testament is filled with examples of people that had to overcome. And you read in Hebrews 11, what we call the Hall of Faith, people that had to overcome incredible odds. Being sawed in two. I don't think anybody here has had that happen because you're here. All kinds of obstacles, and yet they overcame. Even their faith overcame, and they overcame, and they overcame. Paul is a wonderful example of how to walk in victory, how to walk triumphantly, how to walk in the midst of adversity and see God turn it all for good. And this is a powerful passage of Scripture. First of all, to understand the, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, he was a chosen instrument of God. And I want to say this to you, you're a chosen instrument of God too. John 15 says, I've chosen you, I've appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. Come on, someone, someone say, God picked me. Yeah, he did before the beginnings of the foundations of the world. Oh, the enemy might try to whisper to you and say that you were an accident made in the back of a Chevy some many years ago, and, and, but that's not true. God has a plan for you. Pastor Karen told me to say that. God has a plan. Come on, raise your hand to heaven and say, God's got a plan for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, a famous passage of Scripture. But he's, he's picked you, he's chosen you, and appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. God has a plan. And, and the Apostle Paul was chosen by God, just like you've been chosen by God, just like I've been chosen by God. And God doesn't make mistakes. And, and he picks the most unlikely people. He picks willing broken vessels, and will and, and will step over seemingly qualified people to pick someone who's willing. In Acts chapter 9, verse 15, the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is a chosen instrument. This is talking about the Apostle Paul was a chosen instrument of God. The Apostle Paul so stirred up everywhere he went, there's either a revival or a riot or both. Can I tell you something? When God's power is released, you have the same thing happen. The same thing that happened in the Apostle Paul's life is the same thing that will happen in yours. When you begin to declare and proclaim God crucified, Jesus crucified, resurrected, when you begin to proclaim and declare healing and they see the joy and that, that cheesy grin you have on your face because he sets you free, they can't, people can't help, but sometimes they just get, they get upset. Did anybody remember getting upset by that cute Christian that was filled with joy and holding their Bible all the time? You know, did, am I the only one? They're like, hey, how you doing? I'm praising the Lord. How are you? Fine. I just be like, shut up and get away until I receive Jesus myself. And, and he took away the burden, and he took away the yoke, and he set me free from every bondage. And then, and now I find myself Hey, praise God. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. The Apostle Paul so stirred things up that the people, the only way to try to stop him was to kill him. And they tried. 
The Apostle Paul's autobiography is found in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. You can read this if you want to, but I'll turn there if you like. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? And then he says, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I've worked much harder. Been in prison more frequently. Been flogged. More severe, I didn't say frogged, I said flogged, that's beating, beatings like rods, like here, flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. And by the way, to this text, Romans didn't have a limit on beatings. Jews did, 39 lashes. Romans, they would just stop beating you when they felt like it. So it could be far beyond that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shit. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled. I have gone often without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked beside everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Wow. Wow, Paul. What an example. I think it'd be fair to say that he's been through more stuff for the gospel than most of us. Let's look at this text. Paul here, verse 16, he casts a demon out of a girl. She has a spirit of python, a spirit of divination, and she brings her master as much profit by fortune-telling. So she was a fortune-teller. She told fortunes by a demon spirit, python spirit, serpent spirit. And she's declaring behind the servants of God, these are men of the Most High that declare the way of salvation. After many days, Paul being greatly annoyed. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been greatly annoyed by that which is a demonic thing. Sometimes, how many of you know what she said is true? Listen, demonic things don't mean it's a lie. It can be a lie or a mixture of lies, or it can actually be true, used to manipulate and turn. So maybe, they, maybe people started thinking, man, she must be a part of the entourage of the Apostle Paul. And Silas, she must be a part of the crew. Wow. And she's helping them preach. Listen to these men of God. Is it true? It's all true, everything she said. But she had a demon spirit. And Paul discerned that after many days. I don't know if he discerned it right away. I mean, we don't know. But it says after many days, Paul being greatly annoyed. Greatly annoyed. That's not slightly irritated. That's like, what? You know, I mean, like greatly annoyed. Turns around and he speaks to the demon and he casts the demon out. And... The masters are, the, the, her masters are so upset that they, had, that they lost much profit, right there, verse 16. She brought much profit, but they lost profit now that she can no longer tell the future. 
and they're so angry, they're more concerned about their money than they are actually this girl being free. Maybe they didn't even know that she had demons. Isn't it a horrible thing when people focus on money as opposed to souls? And it does happen. They're so upset because they've been robbed of their profit now, but this girl has gotten free. She no longer has the demons. And they come to, they drag them to the marketplace to the authorities. Now, the authorities don't know that they're Romans. They bring them to the magistrates, and they, they tell them, basically, they're teaching customs which are not law for us. There was a lawful Jews was a legalized religion. But after that, it was emperor worship. So the only legal religions in the, Roman, in the Roman Empire was the worship of Caesar, emperor worship, and legalized religion of Judaism. And after that, there's the, you're breaking the law. You can't do anything else but emperor worship or be a Jew. So Paul is a Jew that's been converted. He's believed on the Messiah. So he was under the radar for a little bit teaching about the Messiah, and they were so upset that they said he's teaching a religion that's not Judaism. And they came and they beat him with many rods. They stripped his clothes and they beat him. And he's put with Silas in the stocks in the inner prison. And in the midst of all of this adversity, I, I can't help but see a few things here that'll help us in the midst of our adversity. The first thing I see, and there's five things, and then we'll, we'll move into some deeper application after this. The first thing is he doesn't get angry at God. He doesn't blame God. You never see him belly aching to God. God, how can this happen to you? I was just preaching the gospel, and now I'm in prison. He doesn't do any of that. I don't know about you, but I, I've been around long enough to see people quit because the music was too loud. Or it's too hot. Or it's too cold. Or somebody offended you. Oh, you've been offended. <laughs> Beaten with rods three times? Shipwrecked three times? Naked at, at sea for two days? I mean, I, we could go back and read through it there in Corinthians chapter 11. I mean, seriously? Seriously, the music's too loud. Are you serious? Seriously? Are you talking to me right now? And there are people that throw away their destiny because something, they had a little bit of adversity. What kind of sissified Christianity is that? I don't even think that's Christianity. I don't know what that is. Paul doesn't blame God. He doesn't get bitter. He doesn't quit the ministry. How many of you know somebody that's quit? It's sad. Quit. It's a curse word. I've taught my kids from as early as I can remember because my daddy taught it to me. Brackens, don't quit. What are you going to quit to? I wanted to quit. I did quit for years. For years I quit. But then when I came into the house in my 20s so many years ago, I wanted to quit, but the Lord said, where are you going to go? Where are you going? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're done running. You're staying. You stay. And he gave me a vision of a cowboy boot, and I've shared that before. He said, you dig in. You're not going anywhere, and I'm still here. 
So we have you had any adversity? It's certainly nothing like what the Apostle Paul's had. Had a little bit of adversity, a little bit of challenge. Many people in the midst of the fray blame God. I've had some of my heroes in the faith pull me aside, pull me aside and say, hey, uh, you're really self-seeking and self-serving. And um, I see you. You're just trying to climb the ladder and get favor. It makes me sick. I'm going to pray for you. I thought, what? Totally wasn't true. I went right to my pastor. He said, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let me pray for you, Pastor Dan. No, I wasn't a pastor back then. I was a life group leader. You know, zeal and passion for God can many times be mistaken. When people find themselves in trouble, they have a tendency to quit. Adversity you're experiencing might just be your own creation because of something stupid you did. Bump your neighbor and say, whew, he preaching now. The Apostle Paul overcame, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to need to overcome. You're going to need to overcome on the way to your destiny. You're going to need to overcome adversity, and many times adversity, I mean, I don't care for it, but, but, but man, it, it makes you stronger. When you come out the other side, you're, you've just gone deeper in God, deeper in character, come on, deeper in anointing. I think I've, I've talk, talked about it recently, but they have these, um, in Louisiana, they have these, these, uh, these, these boats, these bass boats and catch fish, and they have a thing called live wells. I, I've shared this with you before. A trick to having really fresh fish, I'm told, is just put a, put a uh, uh, you know, put a, uh, you know, one of the, the two kinds of fish that fight. <laughs> a catfish, you put a catfish in the live well with the bass, and boy, that bass is fresh when you get that thing. You put a catfish, small catfish, in there with your bass in the live well. And they fight the whole time you're fishing. And when you get in, boy, that fresh is like, whoa, you get some fresh bass. Listen, if you'll respond in the midst of adversity the way that God wants you to, he'll make you fresh. And he'll, he'll put fresh anointing on you, fresh power on you, fresh, come on, he'll, come on, he'll put power on you if you'll respond right. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face all kinds of fiery trials. That's the first thing. Don't blame God or get bitter or quit the ministry. He didn't blame God. Don't blame God. There's a bad devil. God good, devil bad. Say it. God good, devil. The second thing is here, he knew he was in the will of God. Now that to me is one of the most incredible anchors for me and my wife and for this church. You see, if you know you're in the will of God, boy, when the wind of hell can do whatever it's thinking wants to. If I know I'm in the will of God, I'm not got any flinch in me whatsoever. What do you mean he knew he was in the will of God? Well, if you look, you'll see in the life of the Apostle Paul. Go to verse 6. We didn't read it, but chapter 16, Acts 16, verse 6. And when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, which is amazing. 
Because preaching the word is what they're called to do, but the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. See, some of you want to just move forward. Oh, it's the will of God, 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 it's the will of God. And the Holy Spirit's saying, pump your brakes, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. You see, what's taking place right there is that Peter's actually the one who's right in Asia, if you study this thing out. And, and the Lord didn't want the Apostle Paul and Peter to, to build on one another's foundation and jack each other up. They're, God's got a master plan. They didn't have no email. By the way, I've got Asia. Oh, okay. But they have the Holy Spirit. Now there's people that got email and they still stomp all over each other. Verse 6, the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow them to preach in Asia. Verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So pathing by Mysia, you all there? Verse 8, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, when we had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they go, they go there to Macedonia. This is where he's at with the slave girl and, and all of that. This is where he's at. He's in Macedonia. He's obeying the word of God. When you know that God called you to do something, you should charge. If he told you to charge hell with a water pistol, load up your water pistol and your super soaker and get on charge into hell. Come on, just move forward with what God told you to do. Don't flinch. Don't quit. Don't let up don't stop if it's God's will now if you don't know it's God's will that'll cause you to have a little bit of flinch you gotta know now we know what God's will is from God's word but then there's vision and dreams I mean I know that God called me to Alaska I know that I had a, had a dream I had a vision my wife confirmed it my son confirmed it my daughter confirmed it Dr. Morocco confirmed it I got like three dreams of vision three coca-colas and a bag of chips from the Lord to go to go to Alaska. So when I'm standing there on the first night that we've all moved, we're all here, all the family's asleep. I got my slippers outside. I got my board shorts. Shorts, for those of you from Alaska. And I got my hands raised on the porch outside here on, what street was that? On Roy. Roy Place or Roy Road over here. I'm standing outside the church apartment. I lift my hands at 10 degrees or minus 10. I don't remember which one of those, but it's all the same. And you come from Kauai, might as well be 40 below. I know the difference now, but then it didn't matter. And I lifted my hands. I'm like, oh, God, I'm here. And all I could hear is, you're stupid. I'm like, no, no, you are stupid. How many of you know that wasn't God? I began to, began to question myself, and then all of a sudden I thought, no, wait a second. No, 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 no. I've got a vision. God gave me a vision. God gave me a word. He gave me three Coca-Colas and a bag of chips. My pastor said go. You said go. My son said go. My daughter said go. And my beloved, gorgeous wife said, oh, yeah, let's go have revival. And I moved on out of Hawaii to come to Alaska to see a great outpouring. And I'm telling you, when advers adver adversity comes, You've got to know that you're in the will of God. Can you say amen? So let me ask you, either you're in the will of God tonight or you're not. Now, if you're not, I'd suggest you take your little feet and run right back to the Lord and get obeying. Five things. One, 
don't blame God when there's adversity. Two, Paul knew he was in the will of God. He knew he was fulfilling God's purpose. He knew that we're fulfilling God's will in the middle of prison with their feet in the stocks. They knew it. They knew that they were in the will of God and they were suffering for Christ's sake. And they chose to worship. They chose to worship. I'm going to tell you, the devil will whoop stuff up on you and you've got to learn to worship in the midst of it. You've got to learn to lift your voice. and begin to sing hymns and, 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 and psalms to one another. Oh my. Worship is one of the most powerful weapons we have to overcome. Worship is one of the most powerful weapons we have in the midst of adversity. If you're going to be a victorious conqueror for God, you had better get a you better get your worship on. You better know how to touch the hem of his garment. And you know maybe you're new, maybe you're new to this whole warfare thing. Well, welcome. I'm going to teach you just a little bit and I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 14. Actually, go to Ezekiel 28 first. Ezekiel 28. You, you need to understand this. Now, as I was preparing this, I realized, oh, this is like, I've heard this so many, you know, I've been through this so many times before. And the Lord's like, yeah, but half your people don't know what you're about to teach them. I go, oh, yeah. See, some of you don't know that, that worship, that Satan was a worship leader in heaven. And you don't understand that what he longs to do is to rob worship from the throne. The King James really does a better job of Ezekiel 28, verse 13. This is talking about Satan. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius and topaz and the diamond, beryl and onyx and jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, gold, the workmanship of thy timber. And thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that was created. The NIV says sockets, but the King James says timbrels and pipes. Timbrels and pipes is a picture of worship. And what many scholars believe is that actually Lucifer was created to be the worship leader of heaven. Now, I'm going to say this. And our, my worship leaders know and understand, worship leaders are one of the number one very big challenges in churches because they can get prideful. You start being the point of, and I thank God for Minister Micah and Toby and our different worship leaders. They're humble. They, they are. Otherwise, I wouldn't be up here. We don't have some performer here. And you have to be careful of that, though. We have many pastors that watch this program, and I'll just tell you, you, you don't have a, some prima donna person up there leading worship because that, that thing will hurt your church. You better to have two rocks and a pure heart banging together, banging together two rocks and somebody who loves God with all their heart and willing to eat dirt than be just some anointed voice like Lucifer. And Lucifer said, I will send to the sides of the north. I will become like the most high. He, he got prideful and he was cast down. He then became Satan. He had a name change and he hit, he was cast to the earth. I'm convinced that the enemy wants to steal worship. I'm convinced that some people go through a series of problems and they yield to it instead of giving worship to God. If you'll learn to worship in the midst of your difficulties, 
God will pour out his spirit on you and you might just experience an earthquake just like they did. They, they sang and they worshiped and God shook that foundations of that prison so much so that their chains blew off and, the, and, the, and, and all the prisoners are set free, which is fascinating to me. Turn to Psalm 149. It's fascinating to me because it wasn't all the prisoners that was worshiping. It was just Paul and Silas and his company. You see, if you could get a hold of the power of God that'll be released through you if you'll just worship him in the midst of your adversity, in the midst of your personal hell, he'll bring a well. In the midst of the challenge that you're going through, God will release his glory upon you, and when he does that, that all connected to you will be set free. I've seen it before. Next time you get a flat tire, and you're on your way to your job interview, your dream job, and you get a flat tire and you're late and your phone battery's dead. Just start doing the victory dance. Come on. Look what the Lord has done now. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. Go on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, hey, going to be all right. Oh, everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Don't let the devil rob your worship unto God. He's worthy. You might be in a storm. You might be in a prison. Lift your voice and God will bring an earthquake. Can you say amen? Woo! Psalm 149. I got a promise. Okay, no, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. These guys started popping elbows. And... <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Come on, don't blame God. No, you're in the will of God. Number three, worship. Everybody say, I'm going to worship him no matter what. I'm going to worship no matter what. Psalm 149. Is a favorite psalm of mine and my wife's. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. I guess that scraps a non-instrumental worship that takes place in some religious institutions. Verse 4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. That's a revelation. Come on, someone say the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Yeah, that's you. The Lord takes pleasure in me. Come on, say it. The Lord takes pleasure in, in me. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Watch this now, verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. 
Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Now, i, I got to stop. Minister Mike, would you come? High praises. Does that mean there's low praises? Yeah. What is high praises? The Hebrew word is tehillah. What, did you just curse right now? No, I didn't. It's a Hebrew word, tehillah. It's, it's, it's a braggadocious, lose your mind, worship God with everything you got, praise. It's, it's a worship that doesn't really give a fig about who's sitting next to you, doesn't really care whether you dance or pop your elbows or whether your voice is cracking. It's a worship that's absolutely undone for the glory of God, for what God has done and who he is because he's worthy. It's a worship that cannot be stopped. It cannot be shut up. It cannot be hindered. It's a worship that will not be denied. It's a word that's that let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Somebody somebody got some other stuff in their mouth. A two-edged sword in their hand, watch this, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people to bind their kings with chains. Now I believe this is talking about demon power. It's a supernatural thing. Listen, there's still pharaohs in the land. Come on, there's still wicked rulers in Senate and Congress. There's still wicked rulers. Governors, mayors. Because you've got to raise up your children to go take their place. Righteous leadership. Install his king in Zion. That's why we have a king's school of ministry, one of the many reasons. The high praises of God. Two-edged sword, the sword of the word in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations. Did you know punishment on the people to bind their kings with chains? Watch this. And their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Everybody say praise the Lord. There is demonic power that wants to get you to throw in the towel. There is assignments of the enemy, but if you could learn to lift your voice in the midst of feeling depressed. It's just feelings. Feelings are overrated. If you could learn to lift your voice and let the high praises of God come forth from you, to lift your voice and lift your hands and maybe dance. You say, I don't know how to dance. Well, learn. You just got to move your feet. Just got to lift your hands, yeah. Just got to open up your mouth and declare how wonderful He is. You're wonderful, Lord. You're glorious, Jesus. You're a sun and shield. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you, Jesus. And literally, by lifting up your voice, listen, by lifting up your voice, it releases spiritual warfare to bind demon power. Some of you haven't figured it out. You haven't figured it out. Well, I'm in a prison right now. Lift your voice. Worship him all across this place. Yeah, 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 yes, Lord. Come on, don't stop. Just for a second, worship God with everything you got.
be seated. I, 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 this illustration came to me, and I thought, I'm not sharing that one. The Lord's like, okay. And then I, he messes with me. He's Jehovah Sneaky. Long, long ago, I had given my heart to Jesus, but I was a broken, broken man. And I turned from the Lord for a night. Without getting into the details, I ended up in a Keave forest with a bunch of other people that had turned from the Lord also. They slept there. It was an encampment in a forest. I don't even know how I ended up there, honestly. I was just so broken. Didn't we really want to live anymore? And I don't know what happened. I just, I just woke up. It, it was like I was in a super and, and in a dream, a nightmare, really. And I remember sitting there, and I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing here? And I, I started mumbling a song. It's from Psalm, the Psalm of David, 51 or 52. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me. I, I was mumbling it. And someone said, stop singing that. Some angry person that was around that group. And so I stopped. And a bigger, more authoritative moke said, bruh, sing it, bruh. It was in Hawaii. Come on. And this other guy said, no. He said, bruh, you shut up, bruh. <laughs> and somehow the guy obeyed. I think it was for the sheer size of the dude that was giving the command. He said, oh, go ahead, go ahead, sing, sing. I started singing that song. <laughs> Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of and renew a right spirit. And I sang it, and I sang it, and I sang it, and the fire of the Holy Spirit fell. And nearly everyone at that, that camp began to weep and cry, and those that didn't want to turn back to the Lord ran, screaming. Screaming, shrieks, screaming, holding their hands over their ears and running in direction. And at the end, it became a prayer meeting of these broken people who apparently had known the Lord or got right with God on the spot. And I repented and I, I got up and I said, I'm going home. I went back. That was the last time that kind of thing ever happened. 
You need to understand. Now, that's a prison I put myself in. I wasn't preaching the gospel that ended up in the woods. You understand that. I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. But I'm telling you, the high places of God will bind the empowerment. And I think something's happening here. I think something's happening in worship. The prophetic word that we got, the prophetic word that we got that a new sound is being released. Every revival has a sound. Pastor Bruno prophesying that. Come on, lift your hands. Don't ever let the devil rob you of worship, of God's worship. Don't you ever let him do that. Next time you have a flat tire, next time you might end up, if you're in the woods because your own foolishness, that's okay. Stop, shake yourself, and lift your hands, and lift your voice, and let the power of God come and bind demon power, release it, breaking chains, breaking breaking power. Come on. There's there's war that takes place in the heavenlies. If you'll just lift up the name of the Lord, he'll begin to change things. Psalm 8 and verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Listen to this. This is what happened this morning. Psalm 8 verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. As revival has come in different times to children all around the world, and even at the very marking of the start of this church back in 1920-something, there was a revival in Paia where children were singing and worshiping in sugarcane fields. I am pouring out my spirit upon the children's ministry. I'm pouring out my spirit upon the youth. I'm pouring out my spirit. And there is going to be a great release of power. There is going to be a great release of power and authority to bind demons and to set the captives free. I'm telling you, we're on the very edge of a great outpouring. Don't you let the devil shut up your worship. Don't you let the devil rob from you. Don't you do it. Get on fire. Get on fire. feet. Lift your hands to heaven and let the high praises of God be on your mouth tonight. Come on. Come on. Don't stop. Hey. Hey. Woo. Adversity. Is a springboard for your promotion. Don't miss. Don't ever waste a good trial. Did you get something from God? I have like half of my notes left. Oh, I'm so sorry. You may be seated. One more thing here. You know we're having revival when I can't use my iPad anymore because it's covered with debris that keeps my finger from working on the screen. I, I got to say this. I, I got to say thank you, Holy Spirit. Something he did really stood out to me because He's preaching the gospel. He casts out devils. People freak out. There's a riot. He goes to prison. 
he's wrongly goes to prison because he's a Roman. That's not how that should have happened. They broke the law. I said they broke the law. And, and you got to understand that when Romans, broke, when Romans break a, a, a Roman law, that's like, that's penalty of death. See, Roman citizens were considered, I mean, they were considered, you know, way above everybody else. And Paul was a Roman citizen. And so when they put him in jail without a trial and they beat him without a trial, I love this because we need more of this in the church. What he did, when they came to set him free, they said, you can go now. He said, oh, no. No, 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 I ain't going. I'm going, you, you guys did the wrong thing. You need some stinking trouble. He stood for the church. Understand what he did. He stood for the church in a demonstration. And no, it's all right to worship God. That's really what he did. He stood against the magistrates. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not letting some COVID-19 pusher ram it down my throat. I'm going to worship God. I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to tell you, I, I believe it's time for the church to rise and to tell the magistrates, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm an American. I live under the Constitution. I've been given the right to worship God. You can't tell me when I can sing. You can't tell me when I can pray. You can't tell me what, hey, hey, lift your voice. Don't you ever let somebody shut you up. To all of the pastors out there, get a good lawyer and fight back. That's what I say. It's just a flu. <laughs> we pray for the church of the living God to rise. Lord, I don't look down my nose in anybody. For the grace of God, we stand here. I pray that fear would be broken off. And we all, we all, we know we've been commanded to obey those in authority. Up until when they begin to exercise their authority in a way that, that basically undermines our faith. And as they said, far be it for us to obey you rather than God. We must have. There comes a time. There comes a time when you got to step over the line and say, I'm going to obey God. If you don't like it, you can't take my Bible. I'm going to preach against same-sex marriage. I'm going to preach against abortion. I'm going to preach against legalization of drugs. I'm going to preach and pray and declare and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it means death, so be it. We need the church to rise and get on fire. Come on. Come on. the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has well, done. Well, somebody going to get their praise on tonight. I dare you. He sent me just in time. Oh, I want to praise his name. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. I'll never be 
and shout to God. Stay in his will. Stay in prayer. Be a worshiper. Let the high praises of God fill your mouth to bind demon power and to release the kingdom of God. I want you to shout to God one more time with everything you have on the count of three. One, two, three. That's too loud. You'll hate heaven. <laughs> if you're not right with God, we never close our service without giving an opportunity to get reconciled with him. There really is a place called hell. It's not created for you. And there is a heaven. 
all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Won't you call on him tonight? For the first time or perhaps in recommitment, those online, those here, 1610 a.m. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment. Or perhaps you just want to be sure the enemy lies to you and you want to be sure. Pray this prayer, won't you? Right now, right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill. Touch. Bless your people. Baptize them now in the Holy Ghost the evidence of speaking in tongues. Release the gifts of the power, the infilling of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. Be filled right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say amen. I have made a vow with my life to protect and to lead the church. It will never change. And I want you to make the same one as God leads you. you. You be on fire and you protect the church. You stand for righteousness, stand for truth. Live, live it, live it, live it out loud, unapologetically. And we'll see a great outpouring. Can you say amen? Thank you for coming tonight. If you need prayer, once you come up, we'll pray for you. Pastors, ministers, would you come? If you need ministry, come. We'll minister to you. And we'll release you. If you need prayer, please come. I've got pastors, ministers. Would you come, guys, ladies, healing team? You need prayer. You need a word from the Lord. You can respond right now and come. Let me bless you, Father. Thank you for what you've done, those online, those in the parking lot. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon you. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.